what's going on, everybody. Chris back again with another episode of the Wildlife Command Center podcast. And this episode, we have on one of our favorite recurring guests, obviously, every week, basically, Chance Air Hands Baran. Yes, sir. Back again. Pleased to be here. Feeling good. Feeling <laughs> fine. How you doing? Air Hands with an H. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not air. Not balloon hands. Air. He is the heir to the throne, basically. That's it. And so we were just chit-chatting right before we started recording. I had, like right before I jumped on here, an amazing flight Mm. with my Merlin today. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, how'd that go? It was pretty good. So it's been raining cats and dogs over here. So the access to some of my fields is not the best. So like some of my fields, you can't get to them because it's on dirt roads. And when it rains out here, it's like, it just turns to mush and you don't want to tear up the roads. Like, you know, those are the farmer's roads. You don't want to beat their roads up. You could get down them, but you would be like tearing up gigantic ruts. And yeah. It would just be absurd. And they don't like repave these things. They don't like reflatten them. So you don't want to mess them up. Right. So I only have access to a few of my spots and my best spot by far, it's degrading a little bit in, in a certain way. I'll explain it to you. So so I fly a Merlin for people who might not know. It's a little tiny falcon, a male, which is called a jack. And I fly in alfalfa fields. That was the, the farmer's fields that I've been talking about. And there is like a certain length. Dude, the formula is crazy. There's like a certain length of alfalfa that you want to fly in, right? So too short, there's not going to be any birds in it at all. Too long, there's going to be hella birds in it, but then you can't get to them because like you'll flush them and then they'll just dump back down into the alfalfa where the bird's not going to get them. So there's this like perfect formula of what is the perfect length of alfalfa to fly in, right? So my best field by far is starting to get to the length, unfortunately, where it's like long enough that a bunch of a species of bird that I'm not like supposed to fly, you know, we are only allowed to hunt invasive house sparrows, basically English sparrows out there. Once the alfalfa gets to a certain length, this other native species of bird pours in and you can catch them, but like the bird has to eat them. You can't like take them out. It's called the let it lay rule, right? Right. You're a bird's allowed to eat it, but you're not, you can't like pick it up even. You have to let it lay in the field. Anyway, so my best field is crawling with these dang birds. And so I'm having to like, oh God, it's just degrading my flights. He's like flying lower and like just curb stomping, smashing these birds. Anyway, so all of that backstory to say, I found this new field that I've just been like passing by every day and it is perfect the perfect length, nice and short. So in the winter, the ground is too mushy, obviously, from all this rain and precipitation to harvest it with like tractors and stuff because they would just, you know, they would rut up their own fields. And so to still utilize it and make money, goat herders lease it out. Like Hmm. humongous flocks of goats, like 500 flocks. Yeah, gigantic herds of goats. It's crazy. Like these dudes in RVs will come out. They have like two gigantic Great Pyrenees, like to every flock, basically. They all have a Great Pyrenees. Just monstrous bear dogs, basically. Yeah. 
meant to do just that. And they set up these little electric fences around their gigantic flocks of goats. So anyway, this huge patch of field just got chewed up by goats. And so now it's really, really short, dude. And it was awesome. I didn't get a single flush of the wrong species of bird today. It was amazing. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's just great start to finish. I mean, you, <laughs> you mentioned like there's kind of a formula as far as how long, you know, you want the alfalfa to be. Like how long did it take to kind of start judging like what to look for? Like what are you looking for when you're scouting out new spots? So the early stages, it was just like me running around in circles like a madman trying to scare birds <laughs> up. <laughs> like just, oh, it was a shit show, you know, to yeah. put it into to certain terms. And so he's like, he's waiting on overhead and he was waiting on real low. And I didn't know like when to flush and I didn't know how to control my dog purposefully. Oh my gosh. Oh, the best flush today. Goten freaking ruined it. I'm a little mad about that. We didn't catch today, but we freaking probably could have, dang it. So what happens is the bird's waiting on overhead. And once he knows like what species we're hunting, like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, the proper species, he starts going up, 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 because these birds like challenge him. They try and outfly him when the alfalfa is the proper length. They don't just dump. And so he was up at the proper height. And then I got a flush. Three birds got up, he stooped, and the one bird he chased put down into cover, just splat, like into the nothingness. I'm like, oh, perfect. He froze, and I stopped Goten. I'm like, oh, dude. So when a bird is nervous, like that's when they die. Like when they don't go up and try and challenge him. <laughs> dude, they're screwed. So as soon as a bird puts back into, you know, either yeah. cover or just mud, which is what this was, I'm like, oh, he's done. He's done. You know? It's over. So... Stoop happens, splat. He splats himself back into mud. And then the bird goes back up, starts to like circle back up and climb in altitude. I'm like, dude, this is it. This is money. All right, I froze Goten. I knew where the bird was. I uh, waited till mine got overhead. And then I rushed towards where the bird is, flushed it again. And then the same thing happened. Dodged it, missed it, splat, right back into the mud. I'm like, oh yes, he's done, dude. He's done. Yep. Bird's coming back over. But then unfortunately... He put in right where Goten could see him and Goten froze. And he, so way back when all hunting dogs were a little bit connected. And so there's a little bit of bird dog in most dogs that aren't hounds, I think. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> just off of observation, I, just based dude, yeah, on off experience. The fact that I've seen like my terriers lock up when they see birds, like point them, so to speak, just freeze and lock their eyes on them. And so Goten's got his eyes locked on it and I trusted him too much. I said, stop, whoa. He froze up. You know, you got to wait for your bird to get back up to altitude and he freaking flushed it before uh, I like released him out of position and the bird got away. Yeah. Uh, that's all timing. One, it one, was a soul crusher. One beat off. <laughs> that's all it took, you know? It was just uh, like that one man. step. Just, ugh. Oh, I know. It was a bummer. But, you know, because that's what happens. Every time a bird is too nervous to get up, like the falcon will know that. They also know, oh, he's done. He's done yeah. because he's already been pressured and he's too nervous to try and go up. So he's going to try and go down and nothing can go down faster than a falcon. And so that's where they get smoked. And we've had success in this area before. So anyway, I know where to go tomorrow. <laughs>
Oh man, it sounds like this season's rock and roll, man. Yeah, it is. He's he's doing really well. Um, and especially you know now I'm gonna stay away from that other field for a good while. Let it grow back up. It's not warm enough for like the alfalfa to like grow at any kind of speed, you know? Yeah. And so it's by far, that one field is by far my best spot. And I'm just probably going to let it sit for a good while, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got to let things reset. You just can't hit the same field over and over and over, you know? Yeah. As tempting as it is, especially when it's like, we could go here every day for a while. Dude, I've been going there every day for like the past month. Right. <laughs> Because it's different with birds, especially when your flock's like a thousand birds strong. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Dude, they get pressured by wild birds multiple times an hour, every hour, every single day. And so flocks that big, they don't care. They're just living life. Most of the time, they don't get caught. Yeah. They're so much faster than everything else. Ah, you're just, you know, taking a dent out. It's a very fun time on your end, but Mm -hmm. so many birds, I mean, uh, yeah, you really, you can just keep going to that that nice spot like that for a good yeah. stretch. Yeah, and so my plan's to let it sit for a while, and uh, you know, definitely utilize this new field. I'm pretty excited about that. For sure. Well, I'm glad your season's going well. It is. It is. Yeah, he's picking up nice and easy, which is nice because he was a nervous little Nelly towards the end of the season last year. But I was also cutting corners, you know, as the months progressed. And so it's my fault. Anyway, enough about me, sir. How is your COVID recovery? Uh, it's been good. We've uh, been just playing catch up on trying to get things done that while the time I was out and resting and sleeping through, you know, a lot of housework, a lot of leaves fell, a lot of things just around the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Getting things buttoned up for the holidays, for Christmas time this weekend, you know, so. Oh, yeah. You guys are driving to Louisiana, right? That's it. Yeah. So we both have tested negative for COVID. So we're hey, feeling a lot better congratulations. now. You know, right, right. Mm-hmm. So we're going down. I'm going to visit with family, spend the holidays there. And then Lake and I, yeah, it's a pretty long haul. 12 hours or so is usually what it yeah. takes in, in the vehicle to drive down. Mm-hmm. But we'll do it. You know, I already loaded up on snacks for the road. Oh, nice. Good idea. Good plan. So you won't have to stop except for bathroom breaks. Hey, bathroom Good break? idea. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a wife. It's not just anytime. I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've never been big on that anyways. I do like to have bathroom breaks in comfort and in a safe place. I like to plan yeah. it out. That's the, the luxury of having a GPS. You can just, you know, when the next... Quality truck stop is, you know. Quality. Can you even say, is that an oxymoron? Quality truck stop. I think that's an enigma in and of itself. Like that's a paradox. You might tear the fabric of the universe. (laughs) You scope it out from the satellite view. Just kind of get an idea of what you're getting into. How big is it? Is there a McDonald's attached to it? That kind of ups the quality, right? It's not just a place where drug deals and like prostitution happens. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if McDonald's is on that level. I mean, if it's got like, oh. uh, you know, an Arby's. yeah, an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> if it's got a McDonald's or a Subway, it's still fair game. It can go either oh, way. Oh, Subway, dude. That I would say Subway's a step up for McDonald's as far as the quality. Yeah, yeah. I've been to a couple of Subway truck stops in my yeah. day. 
Well, Subway has a higher dominance in number of locations than McDonald's does, believe it or not. I mean, they'll put no. a Subway in anything. It's like they really do. You don't have to have a bunch of fryers and stuff with a Subway. No, you just you don't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's why they pop up all in a really easy entryway, you know? So mm-hmm. it's got your back. It's probably the most common thing you'd come across. You're not coming out against Panda Express, you know, out in the middle of mm-hmm. Arkansas. Panda Express. I know that's it's my your, favorite. That's baby. That's Bay right there. Yeah. Love me some Panda. And like all the time, I'm going to get a biggest bowl you got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 I'm switching it up. All right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, oh, I have an idea. So to spend, oh gosh, I spend too much money at freaking Panda. They need a frequent flyers program. I would be in the top 1% of Panda users. I'm switching it to, instead of give me, give me a spaghetti strainer size bowl of orange chicken. I'm switching it up to what's called a plate, which just means two servings, oh. right? Yeah. And then I'm going to start reusing my... <laughs> I'm going to start reusing my Panda Express cup. It's only every so often. They're like, hey, hey, we don't do refills. And I'm just like, I'm just getting water. And they usually let me slide. Yeah. So downsize it a bit down to a platter. Down to, <laughs> down to a feeds a family of five versus eight. Dude, I've literally thought about like, there's, <laughs> there's like a $22 thing and it's like five servings of meat. And I'm like, huh, oh. you know, I, I could finish all of it, but that's just absurd. Right. I bet you've got got your location that you hit up all the time. They totally do need some kind of they need an app at least, you know. Get some reward. At least points. an app, bro. Something, man. The nice thing is it's you know, I have my my hometown one that I visit every so often, like after church. <laughs> and then so we drive the city all day, every day in our line of work. There's literally always a Panda Express within ten minutes of wherever I'm at at all times. They're just littered over there. Littered. I'm fine with that. I'd rather have Panda Express than McDonald's. So, hey, shots fired at McDonald's a bit. Bro, let all the shots go, bro. I don't I'll fire a full clip, man. I, I am not a McDonald's fan. No, no. They did bring back the uh, hot and spicy, though. One dollar. Really? Like the one what? spicy chicken patty sandwich. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh boy. Just too good of a deal. You, you know, you get one of those and then you also get just a basic cheeseburger and you take the halves of each and you put them together. And then you <laughs> eat that. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea, except it's <laughs> the worst idea for your body. Well, I mean, I can't even say anything. What did Rick and Morty say? Like, did you get the sugar chicken? <laughs> Isn't everything at Panda Express sugar chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Oh, Platter yeah. of sugar chicken. Every day for lunch. Some oh. sugar chicken. Oh man. Yeah, I need to uh I need to chill on that. Well, I need to freaking go kill another elk, dang it. Yeah. Like we were talking before, you know, not on recording about getting some grilling going. That was something that oh. we were talking about. Man, it feels yeah. like the season to just have some meat on the grill. <sighs> I need to. Yep. I need a fire. I need to get a fire going. I need to, you start itching. I gotta put meat on a fire. And with <laughs> yeah, with these uh, Christmas time coming up, being around good cooking and in laws. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna. 
dude. Uh, my, going back my to wife, family Lake cooking. Family, oh, they oh, know how to cook for man. the holidays. And it's if been you, a while. If you grow up in Louisiana and you don't know how to cook, they ostracize you. Like you're shunned from the family unit. You got to leave because everybody else down there, they can cook some food. Also, you know, if you don't know how to serve food hot, that's a, that's a problem. I don't just mean spicy, but they like their food piping and also with spice, you know, with kick. Like whenever you order something, unless you're at like an Asian restaurant, if it says, oh, it's spicy, that means... That ain't nothing. That means nothing. That means, oh, we might have seasoned it. (laughs) Oh, dude. Dude, out West, it is uh, back to that Southern stuff because it's not a Southern equivalent. It's a Far Eastern equivalent. And Mm. Asian folks know how to freaking... Spice stuff, man. Like if you go to a Thai restaurant here, them. bro, do not order spicy. It will fry your inner mouth. I've made that mistake, you know. I thought, oh, have you? Because you know, I thought when I was younger as a child, I was like, yeah, I like spicy food. Go to a Thai restaurant. Yeah, oh. I'll take the spicy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll take two bites. You want to cry about it? It's yes. So hot. Yeah, dude. I remember New Mexico. We went to this place, and like I thought. Thought I could handle spice. I'm like, I spent time in Louisiana. Right. This ain't nothing. And it was, uh, yeah, I was in Albuquerque at the time and it was a breakfast burrito. I could not even finish half the burrito. It was so mm. hot. See that, that, whenever it just starts to become like overpowering, it's like, man, I, I like it, but I want to be able to finish my food, you know? You can't, <laughs> you can't even eat it. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to some Christmas time food for sure. Good cooking. Oh, dude, you gonna have? Are you gonna have crayfish, crawfish, crawfish? Not crayfish. Excuse me. <laughs> crayfish. crawfish. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was raised in the north. I sure hope so. We had some here not too long ago. Just checking out one of the local places, and it yeah. wasn't bad. But I don't know what they think a pound of crawfish looks like. Oh, geez. Because we sure don't go by what it weighs. <laughs> that that that's not it at all. Because the bag they handed me. I was like, <laughs> oh. What am I looking at? This is like a third of a serving. Oh, man. Right? They should be falling off of the dinner plate. Like, right. they, you get so much. Yeah, we talk about a platter of food. Yes. You know, in Louisiana, crawfish is definitely eaten on more of a platter instead of a plate. Absolutely. Like an extra large plate. And then you get another plate for all the shells and bones and stuff. Or bones. The exoskeleton. And yes, for all of my listeners... Absolutely, you suck the heads. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all the flavor. That's where all the flavor is. Exactly. You take off the shell of the tail, you put the tail in your mouth, and you take a couple of crunches, and then you you suck the head out, and then that adds all the flavor to the rest of the bite. Mm. Yeah. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> now I want a freaking gigantic plate of crawfish. It's time to dig into some crawfish, right? Oh man, oh, dude, I hope I hope you get some while you're down there. How long are you staying? Uh, not not long. You know, uh, I'll just be going down for a few days and then turning around. You know, make sure uh, things need to be handled here. Wildlife yes. does not recognize Stop. any holidays. They do not care. As a matter of fact. Oh. There's probably going to be a little more of an uptick in activity, you know, around town because because you're gone. Keep that and yeah, because <laughs> that's it. Because, Murphy's law. Yeah, anytime. Oh, and should we away, like? Should we break a little news like on the uh, about our beloved father? Oh, 
Should I do it? Screw it. Michael likes ratings. Michael got COVID. Let's go. (laughs) He still has like (laughs) 60 something negative tests though. He hasn't had a positive confirmed. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. So yeah, we can probably talk about this. So he went to the hospital, tested negative, right? Yeah. And his co-driver, what? What? Co-pilot. <laughs> Our videographer, Cole, tested positive and got it because he was messing around with some hussies <laughs> and got COVID. So they're both quarantining right now in their you know, separate houses. And so Michael's chilling, laying low. And you know all that to say, if he's out and you're out, we're going to get all the work. Right. Because that's just the way it goes. Well, that's all right. You know, but this time of year, you know, Definitely lots of stuff trying to get in, you know, so it's not going to be slowing down as far as actual things that need to be done. And I'm sure he wouldn't be out of it for very long, you know. No, 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 no. For a 50, what is he, 55, 54? You know, he's got the, what do they say? He's got the immune system of a bull elephant. I don't know. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. That's why it's like, if you get something that puts him out, it's like, yes, stay away, you know, because... Oh, you don't dude, want it. quick story. So you remember this? I don't know if it was Longhorn or Andy Circle Days. Those are the, the two places that we used to live in Louisiana back in Shreveport. Yep. He was hawking and put his tidbits, which were cut up uh, chicken gizzards. Ah, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. Cut up chicken gizzards in his cargo pocket of his work pants. Because what we often do is we work all day, you know, um, and maybe even bring our hawks with us. And then at the end of the day, after we're finished with work, we go fly. And so he just, maybe he was in a rush and he shoved all of his tidbits in his cargo pocket and didn't wash his hands and maybe ate dinner and got violently ill with salmonella. Violently ill. Yes. Days laid up. He said it's the sickest he's ever been. Yeah. Well... A few days later, he puts on those same pants, uh, does the same thing, tidbits, and like he didn't know, like it wasn't full of tidbits is the thing. Yeah. So it was maybe just a few left in there. Dude, the exact same thing happens. He gets salmonella laid up again, violently ill for a few more days. I thought it was the theory was it wasn't like a whole cargo pocket full of tidbits but like there was a it was stray just a couple. it was just like a stray tidbit right think about this we don't really always smell great man you know we don't really no. smell well often and so no. a single tidbit in your cargo pocket over the course of a couple days <sighs> oh what's that you know? this is not a good commercial for my possible future bride chance <laughs> you <Sweet>. know <laughs> babe if you're listening somehow some way don't listen to this. Fast forward, fast forward. Yeah, this is this is all just a theory. <laughs> a theory of how exactly. things could be. Anywho. We may or may not, at some points in time, smell less than optimal. Yeah. We have the capability to shower. Stray tidbit's not going to really be that strong. Oh. And, um, oh, man. So I thought it was like a stray tidbit left in his cargo pocket where he would keep mm-hmm. his flashlight... Oh, that, oh, that's right. So when it was he would that. He go oh, to grab dude. his flashlight during an inspection or wrestling yes. an animal barehanded. barehanded he would around. put it 
in his mouth. Ba-boom. He'd put it in his yes. mouth and Dude, give right. himself a fresh dose of fresh-grown, oh. good old <laughs> Louisiana. Homegrown salmonella. <laughs> oh, my word. That's right. It was the flashlight thing. And he yep. did it twice in a row. Hey, those are the fun puzzles, the mysteries of life. You get to figure yeah. out. Yeah, and then never repeat. You know, I love this little thing. So kind of back on to falconry. So all the Merlin guys out here, they all wear fly fishing vests because we need such little equipment and like the equipment that we do have is very small and lightweight. They just wear fly fishing vests. And I mean, you more than anybody else know me. My guy was like, Get a fly fishing vest. You need one. You got to wear one for the... Yeah. Oh, I have to do something? Oh, I got to do something? I'm not going to do it now. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do something else. So last year, I was just flailing about in my infancy as far as Merlins are concerned. And I just literally put... Oh, so stupid. I lost so much stuff. Everything just in my cargo pockets or my like hoodie pocket. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. Horrible idea. I would have to run back to the truck to get my receiver. So dumb. So much time wasted. Anyway, this year, I have this sick, awesome tactical fanny pack from Kafaru. And it's perfect. It's about twice the size of an average fanny pack. And it's durable as hell. And it's got a little patch that I'm... And then I put on it, Merlin Gang. Let's fucking go, baby. Because I'm mother-licking Merlin Gang. Merlin Gang for life. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it perfectly fits my little water spritzer, my receiver, my clippers for his transmitter, my lure, and like the bird that I'm using to um, feed that day, you know? Okay. And then I did have a pair of like tiny binoculars. I lost them the first day. <laughs> yep. Never run with the pouches open, just dumb. You know, but in all honesty, that's kind of all I need. You know, yeah. at this at this point, because he's a made bird, what that means is like he's already done all of this, so I don't need like the extra few pieces of gear for new birds. Yeah. So it's it's flawless. I literally need five different things, and they all fit in this fanny pack, and it's sick. So whenever you've got everything stashed in it that you just described, like say we're mm-hmm. also throwing in the mini binoculars, how stuffed is the bag? Like, are you oh fully not packed? even that stuffed? No. So picture a fanny pack. It's about twice that size, but like still not extraordinarily large. It was meant for like a range pack, like for, uh, you know, the gun range or the archery range. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice. And it's got a little, it's already got like a built-in clip that I clip my hood to on the outside so it doesn't get smushed. Yeah, Yeah. that's important. I've been enjoying smaller tactical type bags as well for, you know, because I originally bought just a uh, you know generic multi-branded type design on online one of those tactical sling bags and I use that for mm. just like lighter hawking you know instead of wearing a full vest yeah if I was just trying to like you know like you said shove lure GPS unit you know for the transmitter that kind of oh, stuff yeah, the, in the uh, bag. pocket link right. A small slingshot, bag of tidbits, that kind of stuff. Everything fit in perfect. Small, discreet, you know. Dude, smaller is better, man. Like, if I fly, you know, I'm kind of thinking about flying uh, my two Harris's Hawks, George and Satsuki, next year. I'm considering it. I don't know. I'm I'm having such a good time this year. I might just live vicariously through my new apprentice. But even then, moving forward, 
bro, smaller is better. That's what I'm always trying to get to with, with all gear, you know, falconry gear, mm-hmm. camera gear, any kind of gear. It's like, I want to be as prepared as I can be, but I don't want to carry anything. So how do I meet in the middle? And so, yeah, compromise, mm-hmm. but also smaller whenever you're in the field, man, it just, once you've gone like super heavy, you've brought too much gear, you've gone full uh-huh. vest pound and a half lure right you've packed that around and then you go back to like i'm just gonna leave the vest and i'm gonna throw my glove in my hoodie (laughs) sleeve and shove the rest in cargo pockets and you get to go and hunt again as a free man you know (laughs) (laughs) you know as an unburdened right take my yoke upon you for yeah. my load is light. Someone man. took your saddle <laughs> off, man, and you're just galloping, you know? Oh, dude. Yeah, once you've done that, it's like it's hard to go back to full-size vest. I get why Michael likes that Pinio sling, but I do like the... Oh, for sure. I, I want to also have a smaller bag, but it's weird having the small, kind of rugged, tactical-looking purse. Tactical purse? <laughs> Like we um we were out on an inspection downtown the other day and there was this guy wearing all black combat boots and oh Tim <laughs> looks over, he goes, That guy, look, he's wearing a dress, it's freezing outside. I said, Tim, that's a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a black kilt, yeah. Yeah. But then I looked and I was like, Wait a minute, that doesn't change a thing. It's freezing outside. I was like, uh, anyways. And you know those kilt wearers aren't exactly the type to uh, also have briefs on. Right. So what I'm saying though, Chris, is no matter how tactical your fanny pack is, someone mm-hmm. looks at it and thinks it's a purse. A purse oh, that you just yeah. shoved something covered in feathers in. <laughs> Dude, and I do have this little tiny falcon that was like originally flown by princesses and queens back in the day. Oh, that's how you know it's good stuff. I mean, does that just say that I'm comfortable with my sexuality and who I am as a man? (laughs) And who you are as a falcon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, once you know also, like, you know, like they are master level birds. Like they are hard to fly. Right. Once you know that, and once you know what the payoff is, it's just like mm-hmm. anything else, you know, it's like a moped, you know, really fun to ride. You just don't want your friends to see you with one. Oh, that's right. I was you like, know? where the hell are you going with? It's like a Merlin's like a moped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except anyone who knows is like, yeah, I love them. Love them. They're tiny. Oh yeah. Cute. Exactly. Zippy. Look at that. You know, so cute. So charming. Yet so badass. I'll always want to have one. Once well, you know, I think you know. Down the line, you know, you said so. You're going to take this year off of falconry, and then next year, probably going to fly a Harris Hawk, right? Correct. Yeah, that's what's available. We have. I mean, we have. We, you know, birds. We have three breeding pairs now. Yeah, we've we've got <laughs> it going. We've got. I've got connections you, in the Harris. You world. have your pick of multiple litters. Like you could have. Okay, do I want a small male? Do I want a medium male? Do I want a large male? Small female meat, like you have your pick. Do I want him to be super dark or like nice and light brown? Like, right? Y- you have an inordinate amount of options ahead of you. <laughs> Besides, like the Coulsons, you're next in line for like. Yeah, I mean, I'm horribly spoiled with opportunity when it comes to <laughs> story of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. 
Definitely in falconry. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've really in had every other row. way. Yeah, I know, but especially in falconry, <laughs> I have had front row seats to some good times yeah. and oh, good birds. Oh man! So just kind of on that topic, you know, let's kind of think fanciful thoughts for a minute. Do you have an idea of what you would want to fly, male or female? Small, large, medium? Male. Oh, male Harris because because male Harris from any of these litters. I mean, I mean, I know. Male Harris, baby. I am all about taking the the extra steps to find rabbit fields and good rabbit spots and good rabbit hunts Mm -hmm. because I understand you go after what prey is available. You know, it's all about Mm -hmm. putting prey in front of the bird. But I just really am not into squirrels as much as I I always get that squirrels will be there to fall back on. There's plenty of them around. But if I could just get a male Harris going fast, that maybe within a cast on squirrels, but mostly perfect for rabbits. rabbits. And I have a rabbit dog. I mean, I was know? about to say, you have an amazing bread, like uh, so what, what we call a field bread, meaning like from hunting lines, dachshund. And she loves rabbits. And she loves squirrels too, okay? But rabbits are like... Oof. That's what they're bred for. They're bred for rabbit hunting. Rabbit fur is Sybil's love language. Sybil is my doctor. <laughs> yeah. My number one is physical intimacy, and my number two is rabbit fur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The thing is, Pet me is and like, give me rabbit fur. She will drink the fumes coming off of a rabbit's back end. Like, she just gobbles <laughs> oh, them up. Gross. The sounds that yeah. she makes when she's on. A scent, a scent line, and then you can kind of see that little bit of hesitation whenever she actually finds like the little split that the rabbit went into, you know, some fold oh. of grass. Watching Sybil slip something out of thin air is how it always looks, you know. That's that's what's mm-hmm. the best because it's like, man, what if I didn't kick that one patch of grass? Because my foot, my boot doesn't smell anything. My dog does, though. Oh, okay. You know, so... She's a better hunter than I, I am. <laughs> hmm. I'm sure there's some rabbit fields around there, you know. There's got to be. Right? Oh, well, either way, like I said, she's also amazing on squirrels because, you know, a lot of times if it's too thick or it's too steep or whatever is involved, squirrel hawking, it hits the ground and goes, unless you've got yeah. a dog on it, man, that squirrel went and it's gone. Or it's going to go to ground or, or some brush down low and it's just going to hide. Right. And as a matter of fact, you know, myself, when I was hawking in St. Louis with my terrier Goten and with Zoidberg, her father, yeah. we got plenty of squirrels up down low right. from the dogs finding them and like ferociously like digging at this log or, or busting them out of a, a brush pile. They work just fine on squirrels. Yeah. The time I noticed Sybil being great on squirrels as well was when... I can't remember what bird she was flying underneath. It was a Harris, though, female Harris. Mm-hmm. And we were out, and I was like, oh, I hope Sybil will be able to keep up. You know, like, I hope she doesn't fall behind, <laughs> you know? And it's like super, like, That's choppy, steep hill, like, creek and come through and just did a number on these, like, tree root systems. And so, I mean, it was crazy thick stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. I hope the dog can get through here. Well, Long story short, the squirrel hit the ground and ran, and I sure didn't keep up with it. But Sybil knew exactly where that squirrel touched, 
and exactly where it ran. Oh, nice. She kept up with it and then went and found the tree like way down the line that the squirrel yeah. had made it to and gone up and had not found a hole. So the chase was still oh, on sweet. because my little dachshund was able to dodge and weave underneath all this brush and stuff, hop over everything faster than I could with my full-size falconry vest. <laughs> <laughs> the dick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, and I was also really layered up because it's chilly. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I crawled through and got over there, I was completely spun around, had no idea where the, the squirrel was. I was looking for the bird. Well, the bird was following the dog. And I was like, okay. Oh, nice. Awesome. That was probably the this best. This was probably like, before GPS? Um, no, I think I had GPS on the bird, but I didn't have a GPS collar for the dog yet. It would actually use one of those locking S-clip carabiners and clip mm-hmm. a falconry bell on her cap <laughs> collar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She just ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Right, because I didn't know which co- GPS collar I wanted to get. And it's like, you know, quite the price difference for some of them. And so... Oh, yeah, seriously. It's an investment. And I was like, what costs $25? A set of Dave Noble falconry bells. Boy, <laughs> they sound good. little less good when attached to a bouncy puppy dog. But I didn't lose track of her very much with it. You know, you always could tell where she was getting into. You could also tell if you were just going and walking along and mm-hmm. then the jingles stopped. Like either the dog was stopped or the dog has gone underground. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So next year, are you going to are you gonna get a true GPS collar? I have one. Now I use the dog truck. That's the Pathfinder Mini. The, the only downside oh, I don't yeah. like is that it uses a phone app. And so it's like, Okay, Marshall GPS telemetry for the bird uses oh, and a then phone app. Back over. And then you have to go back over. And then if you're on your phone, of course you're working. You know, there's always stuff coming mm-hmm. in on the phone. I like to have dedicated devices for that kind of thing, especially like a map system. But we don't yeah. have bird telemetry and a dog collar set up underneath the same system. So, eh. Dude. It's a little cumbersome. I'm not a fan, but it is it is what, what I'm currently using. I wonder if Marshall's... I mean, apparently they have got into the dog collar game, not to that extent, but man, can you imagine if they did that? Like, COVID, like, set back everything, like supply chain, and blah, you know, all those buzzwords. So they're probably not doing a whole bunch of R&D for new stuff, but dude, a dog collar that would connect to the same Marshall GPS app? That would be sweet. So one thing, I saw this from Tyler Sladen. He had a buddy who would 3D print these brackets that I'm sure you've seen it, yep, where the yep. Marshall telemetry, GPS telemetry would clip in instead of a you know backpack mount, it clip on the dog collar. If we could just have something that was a little bit less DIY built for a something being around a dog's neck, a dog that goes in mm-hmm. to things, you know, that would probably be awesome. Like if Marshall could just make a more streamlined, like it's built into the collar clasp, you know, yes. or something of that nature where it's not going to get hung on anything. And, you know, you also would be able to work on better battery life because it doesn't have to fly. And so Marshall could <laughs> make like an amazing dog collar if it was just tracking like 
doesn't even have to be an e-collar. Like it doesn't have to be a training collar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It can just be a communication device and tracking device for the dog. That would allow it to be more light, you know? And that's the thing with these tiny dachshunds that I would value over anything is it being light. Yeah, she's she's already so for like people don't know, like, you know, you know what a normal dachshund looks like. She's definitely smaller than like what you would think of as an average dachshund. Yeah, she's a miniature long haired dachshund. So she's, you know, if you've got a tiny, smaller fist like I do, that's like the size of her head, you know? For real. That's not very big. I I don't have giant gorilla hands. And so tiny dog, even the mini Pathfinder GPS, it's, it's pretty bulky on her, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, even if you had a full-fledged e-collar, you know, with the dachshund, it sees a rabbit run in front of it. It doesn't matter what you it's have going. strapped around nope. its neck, you know. You could have a taser on it and it's yeah. going to keep going. Yeah, so there's no telling no to a dachshund whenever that happens. They'll, they'll lick a barbed wire fence that's hooked up to 120 volts, you know. <laughs> as, as long as there's the a rabbit, rabbit afterwards. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Oh, jeez. Well, maybe we uh, we call it for, for this one. I'm sure we'll have yeah. plenty to talk about after the holidays. And I'm sure... Uh, Absolutely. You know, if we don't talk between now and then, wish all y'all a merry, merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening again. Uh, we really appreciate it. If Depending on your platform that you listen on. So Spotify just added reviews. If you could go give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. I don't think there's actually like room for a word review, but just click that five stars and subscribe, please. Hit the bell, just like on YouTube, at least for Spotify. iTunes, you can give actual worded reviews. So if you could leave us an awesome review, that would be sweet. Again, this is Chris with the Wildlife Command Center podcast with my boy Chance Air Hands Baran. That's me. I'm wondering if that's gonna stick. Probably Maybe. not. <laughs> <laughs> it better not. Listen, I've had Air my fair share hands. of silly nicknames in my day. And so it's not like I have a say in this. <laughs> if a nickname is gonna stick, it's gonna stick. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep using Air Hands Baran because it sounds like Bear Hands Baran, and that is certainly what Michael has chosen as his moniker. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, I'll live in his shadow as long as I need to. So he, For sure. he's the man. Also, check he out, his, he's been active on his platforms. Check him out, Bare Hands Brand on Instagram. Check out his recent acquisition that he had for Ooh. Christmas. You'll It'll be worth yeah. checking out. It is pretty. It's awesome. Yeah. Bare Hands Baran on Instagram. Also, if you're if you follow me on Instagram, we linked the post myself. So uh, the post is also on my feed. Go check it out. It slithers. Uh, it does not hiss, thankfully, because it's it's a friendly one, but it has the capability to hiss with a forked <laughs> tongue. Yeah. Anyway, thanks guys. If you are in St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Dallas, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, or Sacramento, California, and you have a wildlife issue that needs resolution, please give Wildlife Command Center a call or hit us up online on Instagram or Facebook or wildlifecommandcenter.com. Appreciate you guys listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Thanks, Chance, again for jumping on with me. You too, man. Have a good one. Likewise. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.